Blog Talk Radio. Trundlebed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundlebed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundlebed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on a podcast system, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And... Uh, with that, today's episode is a little different. Uh, there are tons of birth. There are tons of book events during March and April, and this is National Library Week. So I am finally getting my next reading episode done. Now uh, I've been doing these periodically for a while. And I had done things kind of Laura-related, and then I started reading Mother Westwind's Children. And that's because uh, Thornton Burgess is just a great author. Um, Hazel Westgate, who is my children's librarian in Iowa City, who helped, um, helped us pick out books, recommended these, and a lot of schools used them for early reading. And originally, they were published in newspapers, so... Every episode starts with a bit of a recap and ends with a uh, cliffhanger so that you read the next issue. And I love these books, and I needed to test some different uh, microphones, so I was reading them using different ways to record. And that is why I'm going, I started reading them, and there's a link in the show notes get you to all the rest of the episodes. And with that, I'm going to jump into why Peter Rabbit's ears are long. The merry little breezes of old Mother West Wind were tired. Ever since she had turned them out of her big bag into the green meadows early that morning, they had romped and played tag and chased butterflies while old Mother West Wind herself went to hunt for a rain cloud which had wandered away before it had watered the little thirsty plants who were bravely trying to keep the green meadows lovely and truly green. Jolly round red Mr. Sun wore his broadest broadest smile, and the more he smiled, the warmer it grew. Mr. Sun is never thirsty himself, never the least bit, or perhaps he would have helped old Mother Westwind find the wandering rain cloud. The merry little breezes threw themselves down on the edge of the smiling pool where the rushes grow tall, and there they took turns rocking the cradle that had held Mrs. Redwing's four babies. Pretty soon, one of the merry little breezes peeping through the rushes spied Peter Rabbit sitting up very straight on the edge of the green meadows. His long ears were pointed straight up. His big eyes were wide open, and he seemed to be looking and listening with a great deal of curiosity. 
I wonder why it is that Peter Rabbit has such long ears, said the merry little breeze. Jugglerum replied a great deep voice right behind him. All the merry little breezes jumped up and ran through the rushes to the very edge of the smiling pool. There on a great green lily pad sat Great Grandfather Frog, his hands folded across his white and yellow waistcoat and his green coat shining spick and span. Chugarum, said Grandfather Frog. Oh, Grandfather Frog, cried the Merry Little Breezes all together. Do tell us why it is that Peter Rabbit has such long ears. Grandfather Frog cleared his throat. <clears throat> he looked to the east and cleared his throat again. <clears throat> then he looked to the west and cleared his throat. <clears throat> he looked north and he looked south, and each time he cleared his throat, <clears> throat but said nothing. Finally, he folded his hands once more over his white and yellow waistcoat, and looking straight up at jolly round red Mr. Sun, he remarked in a, his very deepest voice, and to no one in particular, If I had four fat, foolish green flies, it is just possible that I might remember how it happens that Peter Rabbit has such long ears. Then up jumped all the merry little breezes, and away they raced. Some of them went east, some of them went west, some of them went north, some of them went south, all looking for fat, foolish green flies for Grandfather Frog. By and by, they came skipping back one by one to the edge of the smiling pool each with a fat, foolish green fly and each stopping to give Mrs. Redwing's cradle a gentle push. When Grandfather Frog had swallowed all the fat, foolish green flies brought by the Merry Little Breezes, he settled himself comfortably on his big lily pad once more and began. Once upon a time, very long ago, when the world was young, Mr. Rabbit, not our Peter Rabbit, but his grandfather, a thousand times removed, had short ears, like all the other meadow people. And also his four legs were all the same length, ex just exactly the same length. Now, Mr. Rabbit had a great deal of curiosity, a very great deal indeed. He was forever pushing his prying little nose into other people's affairs, which you know is a most unpleasant habit. In fact, Mr. Rabbit had become a nuisance. Whenever Billy Mink stopped to pass the time of day with Jerry Muskrat, they were sure to find Mr. Rabbit standing close by, listening to all they said. If Johnny Chuck's mother ran over to have a few minutes chat with Jimmy Skunk's mother, the first thing they knew, Mr. Rabbit would be squatting down in the grass right between them. The older he grew, the worse Mr. Rabbit became. He would spend his evenings going from house to house, tiptoeing softly up to the windows to listen to, to what the folks inside were saying. And the more he heard, the more Mr. Rabbit's curiosity grew. Now, like most people who meddle in other folks' affairs, Mr. Rabbit had no time to tend to his own business. His cabbage patch grew up in, in weeds. His house leaked. His fences fell to pieces and altogether his was the worst-looking place in the Green Meadows. Worse still, Mr. Rabbit was a troublemaker. 
He just couldn't keep his tongue still. And like most gossips, he never could tell the exact truth. Dear me, dear me, said Grandfather Frog, shaking his head solemnly. Things had come to a dreadful pass on the green meadows. Reddy Fox and Bobby Coon never met without fighting. Jimmy Skunk and Johnny Chuck turned their backs on each other. Jerry Muskrat, Little Joe Otter, and Billy Mink called each other bad names, and all because Mr. Rabbit had told them so, so many stories that were not true. When, now, when old Mother Nature visited the Green Meadows, she soon saw what a dreadful state all the meadow people were in, and she began to inquire how it all came about. It's all because of Mr. Rabbit, said Reddy Fox. No one is to blame but Mr. Rabbit, said Striped Chipmunk. Everywhere old Mother Nature inquired, it was the same. Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit, Mr. Rabbit. So then old Mother Nature sent for a blustering great Mr. North Wind, who was very strong, and she sent for Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit trembled in his shoes when he got old Mother Nature's message. He would have liked to run away and hide, but he did not dare do that for he knew there was nowhere he could hide from Mother Nature. Mother Nature, there's no place Mother Nature would not find him sooner or later, and besides, his curiosity would give him no peace. He just had to know what old Mother Nature wanted. So Mr. Rabbit put on his best suit, which was very shabby, and set out for the Lone Pine to see what old Mother Nature wanted. And when he got there, he found all the little people of the Green Meadows and all the little folks of the Green Forest there before him. There were Ruddy Fox, Johnny Chuck, Striped Chipmunk, Happy Jack Squirrel, Mr. Blacksnake, Old Mr. Crow, Sammy Jay, Billy Mink, Little Joe Otter, Jerry Muskrat, Spotty the Turtle, Old King Bear, and his cousin, Mr. Coon, and all the other little people. When he saw all who had gathered under the lone pine and how they all looked crossly at him, Mr. Rabbit was so frightened that his heart went pity-pat, 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 and he wanted more than ever to run away, but he didn't dare to. No, sir, he didn't dare to. And when he was so curious to know what it all meant, that he wouldn't have run if he had dared. Old Mother Nature made Mr. Rabbit sit up on an old log where all could see him. Then in turn, she asked each present who was the cause of all the trouble in the green meadows, and in each in turn answered Mr. Rabbit. Mr. Rabbit, said Old Mother Nature, you are lazy for your cabbage patch has all gone to weeds. You are shiftless for your house leaks. You are a sneak for you creep up where you are not wanted and listen to things which do not concern you. You are a thief, for you steal the secrets of others. You are a prevaricator, for you tell things which are not so. Mr. Rabbit, you are all these, a lazy, shiftless, sneak, thief, and prevaricator. It was dreadful. Mother Nature paused, and Mr. Rabbit felt so ashamed. He did not look up, but he felt just felt all the eyes of the little meadow people and the forest folk burning right through him. So he hung his head and two great tears fell splash right on his feet. You see, Mr. Rabbit wasn't altogether bad. It was just his dreadful curiosity. 
Old Mother Nature knew this, and down in her heart, she loved Mr. Rabbit and was oh so sorry for him. Mr. Rabbit, continued Old Mother Nature, because your curiosity is so great, your ears shall be made long that everyone who sees you may know that it is not safe to talk when you are near. Because you are a sneak and steal up on people unseen, your hind legs shall be made long, so whenever you sit up you straight, you will be tall, and everyone can see you. And whenever you run, you will go with great jumps, and everyone will know who is running away. And because you are shiftless and your house leaks, you will hereafter live in a hole in the ground. Then old Mother Nature took Mr. Rabbit by his two ears and big, strong Mr. Northwind took Peter Rabbit by his hind legs, and they both pulled. And when they pulled him down, Peter Rabbit's ears and his hind legs were long, many times longer than they used to be. When he tried to run away to hide his shame, he found that the only way he could go was with great jumps, and you can be sure he jumped as fast as he could. And ever since that long-ago time when the world was young, Rabbits have had long ears and long hind legs, all because of the curiosity of their grandfather, a thousand times removed. And now you know why Peter Rabbit's ears are so long and why he is always sitting up and listening, concluded Great Grandfather Frog. Thank you, thank you, Grandfather Frog, shouted all the merry little breezes and raced away to help old Mother Westwind drive up the wandering rain cloud which she had found at last. And let's see, how much time do we have left? Oh, we got 15 minutes. We can do this. Okay. Uh, The next story is Reddy Fox Disobeys. On the brow of the hill by the Lone Pine sat Reddy Fox. Every few minutes, he pointed his little black nose up at round, sweet Mistress Moon and barked way over across the broad white meadows, which in summertime are green, you know. In the doorway of Farmer Brown's house, Bowser the Hound sat and barked at Mistress Moon, too. Yep, 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 barked Reddy Fox as loud as he could. Bow, wow, wow, said Bowser the Hound in his deepest voice. Then both would listen and watch the million little stars twinkle and twinkle in the frosty sky. Now, just why Reddy Fox should uh, bark at Mistress Moon, he did not know. He just had to. Every night for a week, he had sat at the foot of the lone pine and barked and barked until his throat was sore. Every night, Old Mother Fox had warned him that noisy children would come to no good end. And every night, Reddy had promised he would bark no more. But every night, when the first silver flood of witching light crept over the hill and cast strange shadows from the naked branches of the tree, Reddy forgot all about his promise. Deep down under his little red coat was a strange feeling which he could not explain. He simply must bark. So up to the lone pine he would go and yap and yap and yap until all the little meadow people who were not asleep knew just where Reddy Fox was. Bowser the Hound knew too, and he made up his mind that Reddy Fox was making fun of him. Now, Bowser did not like to be made fun of any more than little boys and girls do, and he made up his mind that if he 
if he could ever break his chain or that if ever Farmer Brown forgot to chain him up, he would teach Reddy Fox a lesson that Reddy would never forget. Yep, 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 Reddy Fox, and then listened to hear Bowser's deep voice reply. But this time, there was no reply. Reddy listened and listened and then tried it again. Way off in a distant hill, he could hear Hooty the Owl. Close by him, Jack Frost was busy snapping sticks. Down on the white meadows, he could see Jimmy Skunk prowling about. Once he heard a rooster crow sleepily in Farmer Brown's hen house, but he thought of Bowser the Hound, and though his mouth watered, he did not dare risk a closer acquaintance with the big dog. So he sat still and barked, yip, 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 and pretty soon he forgot all else but Mr. Smoon and the sound of his own voice. Now Bowser the Hound had managed to slip his collar. Aha, thought Bowser, now I'll teach Reddy Fox to make fun of me. And like a shadow, he slipped through the fence and across the white meadows towards Lone Pine. Reddy Fox had just barked for the hundredth time when he heard a twig crack just back of him. It was a different sound than the noisy crack of Jack Frost, and Reddy stopped a yap, yeah, right in the middle, and whirled about to see what it might be. There was Bowser the Hound almost upon him, his eyes flashing fire, his great red jaws were wide open, and every hair on his back bristling with rage. Reddy Fox didn't wait to say good evening or to see more. He turned a back somersault and away he sped over the hard, snowy crest as fast as his legs could carry him. Bowser baying at the moon he liked to hear, but Bowser baying at his heels was another matter. And Reddy ran as he had never run before. Down across the white meadows he sped. Browser frightening all the echoes with the roar of his big voice as he followed in full cry. How Reddy did wish that he had And that would be an end of All right. Well, I don't know what that was, except I got kicked off. So I'm not sure how fast or how far back you missed it, but uh, let's see. So Reddy twisted and turned and ran this way and ran that way. And the longer he ran, the shorter his breath grew. It was coming in great pants now. His bushy tail, of which he was so proud, had become heavy. How Reddy Fox did wish and wish that he had minded Mother Fox. He twisted and turned and doubled this way and that way, and all the time Bowser the Hound got closer and closer. Now off on the hill behind the white meadows, Mother Fox had been hunting for her supper. She had heard the yap, yap, yap of Reddy Fox as he barked at the moon, and she had heard Bowser baying over the barnyard of Farmer Brown. Then she'd heard the yap of Reddy Fox cut short in the middle, and the roar of Bowser's big voice as he started to chase Reddy Fox. She knew Reddy could run fast, 
But she also knew Bowser the Hound had a wonderful nose and that Bowser would never give up. So Mother Fox padded, pattered down the crooked little path into the white meadows where she, could, where she could see the chase. When she got near enough, she barked twice to tell Reddy that she would help him. Yep, yep. Now Reddy Fox was so tired that he was almost in a despair when he heard Mother Fox bark. But he knew that Mother Fox was so wise, and she had fooled, often fooled, Bowser the Hound, and that if he could hold out just a little longer, she would help him. So for a few minutes, he ran faster than ever, and he gained a long way on Bowser the Hound. As he passed a shock of corn that had been left standing on the white meadows, Mother Fox stepped out from behind it. Go home, Reddy Fox, she said sharply. Go home and stay there till I come. Then she deliberately sat down in front of the shock of corn to wait until Bowser the Hound came in sight. Now Bowser the Hound kept his eyes and nose on the track of Reddy Fox, looking up only once in a while to see where he was going. So he did not see Reddy Fox slip behind the corn shock. And when he did look up, he saw only Mother Fox sitting there waiting for him. Now Bowser the Hound thinks slowly. When he saw old Mother Fox sitting there, he did not stop to think that it was not Reddy Fox whom he had been following, for we would have known better than to waste his time following old Mother Fox. He would have just hunted around until he had found where Reddy had gone to. But Bowser the Hound thinks slowly. When he saw old Mother Fox sitting there, he thought it was Reddy Fox, and that now he had him. With a great roar of his big voice, Bow, bow, wow. He sprang forward, and Mother Fox waited until he was almost upon her. Then, springing to one side, she trotted off a little way. At once, Bowser the Hound started after her. She pretended to be very tired. Every time he rushed forward, she managed to just slip out of his grasp. Little by little, she led him across the white meadows back towards Farmer Brown's barnyard. Pretty soon, old Mother Fox began to run as fast as she could, and that is very fast indeed. She left Bowser the Hound a long, long way behind. When she came to a stone wall, she jumped up on the stone wall and ran along it just like a squirrel. Every once in a while, she would make a long jump and then trot a long way, a little way again. She would make a long jump and then trot a little way again. She knew that stones do not carry scent well and that Bowser the Hound would have to have hard work to smell her on the wall. Way down at the end of the pasture, an old apple tree stretched out a long limb towards the stone wall. And when she got opposite to this, she jumped into the long limb and ran up to a tree. Then in the crotch, close to the trunk, she sat and watched. Bowser the Hound, making a tremendous noise, followed her trail up stone wall. Then he was puzzled. He sniffed this way and he sniffed that way, but he could not tell where Mother Fox had disappeared to. She looked up at, or he looked up at Old Mother Moon and bayed and bayed, but Old Mother Moon did not help him a bit. Then he jumped over the stone wall and looked and looked and smelled and smelled, but no track of Mother Fox could he find. Then he ran up the stone wall a little way, and then down along the stone wall a little way, but he still could not find a track of Mother Fox. The longer he hunted, the angrier he grew. 
Old Mother Fox, sitting in the apple tree, watched him and laughed and laughed to herself. Then, when she grew tired of watching him, she made a long jump out into the fields and trotted off home to punish Reddy Fox for his disobedience. And when she got there, she found Reddy Fox very ashamed, very tired, and very sorrowful. And since that time, Reddy Fox has never barked at Mistress Moon. And I'm sorry for all the noise that came up there. Uh, If I ever get through the book, I may come back and do that story. Thank you for joining me for Trundlebed Tales for Trundle Bed Tales, and hopefully the next time I read, I will be able to talk properly. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope uh, you will brighten the corner where you are. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.